the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. It is a delight, as promised, to bring back to the show Abe Hamaday. He is a candidate for running for attorney general, running to replace uh, the office uh, currently held by Mark Burnovich, as he is running for other office. Abe for AG is his website, Abe, A-B-E, for F-O-R-A-G, Abe for AG. Abe, welcome back. How you doing? Congratulations on your new endorsement. I wanted to let you break the news with us. I'll happily read the endorsement. It's a big one. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, Seth. Great to be with you. Boy, I tell you, more and more places I go, more and more people tell me that they heard you speak and they love what your message is. And I just, I mean, you are getting around. You are getting around and you are doing the hard shoe leather work of a campaign. And it's really, it's, it's really beautiful to watch, Abe. It really is. It's oh, a wonderful yeah. thing it's to been, watch. You know, it's been really beautiful to see, Seth. I was just down in Yuma Monday, Santan Valley yesterday, I believe, going to be up and down in the Vail on Friday. So we're just, you know, putting, putting in the miles on the car on the road. And it's been, it's been really wonderful to see. People are just so desperate, you know, for some courage right now. And when they hear the message, you know, we're getting a lot of support. So it's, it's going really well. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really is. And it just got uh, got a little better. Tell the audience uh, who endorsed you. I'm going to read the endorsement if that's okay with you. But you, 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 you break the news. You deserved it. You earned it. Absolutely. So we got the endorsement from President Trump, former director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell. Um, he's also the ambassador of Germany, but you know, he's a he's a really close confidant of Donald Trump and has always been on the front lines of so many of you know, the battles that we've been facing. So you know, it was really an honor to get his endorsement, and he's been you know very very helpful to this campaign in so many ways. So I'm going to remind people about Rick Grinnell. I mean, this is a great endorsement. I'm going to remind people about Rick Grinnell. Once in a while, there are stories about him possibly running for governor or senator in California, and people go crazy happy. You know, crazy happy. It would be great to have Grinnell back in uh, some kind of uh, important office, uh, whether it be a governor or at the federal level, um, Abe. And uh, let me read you what he wrote. After serving in Donald Trump's cabinet, I know what an America first patriot looks like, and I am proud to endorse Abraham Abe Hamaday to be Arizona's next attorney general. My friend Abe is a tried and true American patriot. Abe has fought for our country overseas as an Army captain and intelligence officer and has upheld the rule of law, here at home as a prosecutor for Maricopa County. Abe is the only America First candidate in the race for attorney general. I know he will fight like hell to keep Arizona safe, secure, and free. What a great sentence. I know he will fight like hell to keep. Yeah, you know, before I read the rest, just think about you will fight the way you have campaigned. I mean, un remittingly unremittingly Abe will protect arizona from the cartels who are invading our borders fight back against the radical left who are attacking our culture and he will demand we secure our elections now more than ever we need a new generation of leaders who have the backbone and tenacity to put america first i hope you'll join me in supporting abe hamaday for arizona attorney general rick grinnell uh former national uh, uh former director of national intelligence 
uh, for uh, the um, Trump uh, administration. Abe, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, what part of that, by the way, I know you're, all of it is probably the right answer, but, you know, and all the things he says that, you know, he is endorsing you for, what part of it resonates do you campaign on most, whether it's the borders, whether it's the left attacking our culture, the elections? Maybe we can talk about all of them. And maybe, too, Abe, sorry for talking so long, big T up to a question. You can take any direction you want. Maybe, too, they're all kind of united. Maybe maybe, maybe these issues shouldn't be seen as separate. But you take the floor, sir. You're the guest. No, I think you're exactly right when you read that sentence over again that says, I know he will fight like hell to yep. keep Arizona safe, secure, yep. and free. Yep. You know, that, that, it's that fighting spirit that I have. And, you know, all these other candidates, we're all generally going to be talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I think when you get to know people, and that's why I'm traveling the whole state, when people get to know me and they see me, they know I'm genuine. They know I'm authentic. They know right now what's going on in our country. We feel it in our gut that this election is much different than the rest. Yeah. I mean, you know, prior to this, it was much more philosophical battles that were going on. But right now, you know, this is an ambush on every aspect of our life. And we got to fight back. And it's looking at, you know, it's not just the big federal government anymore. It's now big tech. It's now, you know, academia, it's the media. We're just feeling ambushed. So you need a strong attorney general who's going to fight back against not just the federal government, but even, you know, some of these big tech and big corporations. And big and, uh, state all, too. Obviously. Big state too. You know, I got to tell you, Abe. I have been, um, I've been on a tear lately at a bunch of speeches I've been given about, you know, turning things back to the states where they where they constitutionally should be turned back to is right. But it's not the end of the story. It's the first of a two step process. Okay, you give it back to the local control as best local control as you can under Tenth Amendment principles. But then who? Who? <laughs> you know, Governor Whitmer, that would be a ten. You know, Michigan is is a state. Right. Um, uh, you think about Gavin Newsom, that California is a state. Is that what you want? I mean, I I'm not sure who I would rather have power, Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom. I'm not sure. But you get the point. You take my point. It's yeah, great to get it to the states. But the state bureaucracy and the state blob can be pretty bad, too. That's why candidates well, like you are so important. Exactly. And you know what? There's so much even at this local level, yeah. too. And this is why I'm so encouraged that school, so many parents are running for school board now. Right. They realize what's been happening when you've got the Biden DOJ you know, classifying some parents who speak out against critical race theory and vaccine mandates as domestic terrorists. Right. Right. And this is what's or, going or on. Or creating so, files oh. and dossiers on parents who deign to show up because they give a damn about their schools. Right. And their children's schools. Right. And it's disgusting to see. And I think, you know, that. These last two years have really awakened up so many people, and that's what I'm encouraged by, honestly, Seth. And although I do think you're exactly right, you know, Governor Whitmer or Governor Newsom, and there's still a lot of people who are, you know, wearing masks and wearing gloves while they're driving alone in their vehicles. You know, yeah. they've just been uh, drink the Kool-Aid and been brainwashed on so much of this stuff. But this is where George Soros actually has methodically infiltrated a lot of these DA offices and, you know, AG's offices. Oh, yeah. You look at it. This has been ongoing since 2015. You know, we're talking about... It's, inter- yeah, it's interesting. Hey, I'm sorry. You make the point, then I'll come back to George Soros. Go ahead. I started to interrupt. Go ahead. Well, I just want to you know, let your listeners know, George Soros and the ADL actually uh, labeled me as one of the most dangerous candidates running for office. Good. Right? Which was the, which was the best endorsement I could I was just... Uh, yeah, good. Exactly good is the right. answer to that. Good. I, 
I, I am dangerous. I'm dangerous to the establishment. I'm dangerous to the status quo that's gotten us into this mess. And I tell people, it's not just the radical left that has to, that we have to blame. It's weak-kneed Republicans who allowed them to take over our country. And George Soros has infiltrated San Francisco, Chicago, and even here in Arizona, down in Tucson. You know, and this is what's going on. The lawlessness that you know is around the the, the culture has shifted, where we now uh, idolize criminals and demonize our police. Mm-hmm. Now, think about it. They, they, you know, they're they're erecting George Floyd statues while while tearing down George Washington and Abraham Lincoln statues. That's what's going on. So it's a systematically dumbing down of this country, and it's frightening. This is where we have to fight back against critical race theory, which Arizona has done before with Chicano studies, if you mm-hmm. remember, That's back right. down in Tucson. So right. you know, our, our country's on the line right now, and they're fighting uh, our culture. And it's, much, it's a much different battle than, say, four years ago or eight years ago. So I get that I'm the young candidate in this race, but I tell people, I'm going to have to live with the consequences of the decisions I make. And you know, I, I refuse to be known as a generation that lost this country. I, I, love, I love it, Abe. I love it. I love it. For people that don't know uh, your biography, I'll just uh, give it a brief sketch. Although Rick, Rick Grinnell did a pretty darn good job of encapsulating the important stuff. Intelligence officer in the U.S. Army Reserve. Uh, just came back from a long deployment in Saudi Arabia. Um, you have uh, been a uh, prosecutor. Yeah, that was the point I was going to make, Abe, when you raised George Soros. It's so interesting to me that he has focused so much or his foundations have focused so much attention, directed so much of their resources at uh, prosecutorial offices, district uh, attorneys or county attorneys in our case and attorneys general across the country. It's really interesting that the passion is almost Castro-esque um, in that it's about you know letting out the criminal element from the jails, just flooding the zone, almost some kind of weird chaos theory he wants to. Can you stay with us a little bit? i got to take a quick commercial break. I'd love to keep you on and talk about some other issues with you. Absolutely. Thank you. Great. Abe Hamaday is our guest. Abeforag.com is his website. Abe, as in short for Abraham. For, as in F-O-R, Abe4AG, Abe4AG.com. As we go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at Balance of Nature. They're fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. 100% whole food, gluten-free, non-GMO, no extracts or synthetics. There is nothing in them except fruits and veggies. That's it. No added sugars, no added anything. Easy to take once a day, and you get a blend of 15 fruits and 60, uh, 16, uh, 16 fruits and 15 vegetables, 16 and 15. You get a lot of fruits and vegetables, the good stuff, oranges, tart cherries, wild blueberries. We're talking garlic and soybean and cayenne pepper and wheatgrass and shiitake mushrooms and kale. Good, potent stuff. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. We'll be right back. I think she got – I think uh, Miranda got uh, Artist of the Year, if I'm not mistaken, or Vocalist of the Year from the Academy of Country Music earlier in the week, Monday night, I think it was. I think it was. She deserves it. She's great. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Abraham Hamaday, Abe for AG, Abe, as I call him, running for attorney general in the state of Arizona here. And uh, just got a great, as we said, great endorsement from Rick Grinnell, former director of national intelligence under Donald Trump. Abe, uh, thanks for sticking around with us a little bit. I said right before the break, it is interesting how much George Soros and uh, his crowd are are funneling into 
races that are for district attorney or county attorney, as we call them here, or attorneys general across the country, it's really weird that his focus uh, is on putting criminals back on the street. That's the focus. Is it some kind of weird chaos theory? Is it his effort for um, uh, something he's been hell-bent on, on, on getting done for at least 30 years, which is the legalization of all drugs? I mean, I, as if we need more fentanyl in this country or more cocaine or more meth. What, what is it, Abe? What, it, it's an odd thing. It's very Fidel Castro-like, I think. Yeah, I don't know what the end game is other than the destruction of the United States. Right. But what I do know, it was very smart of him to go after the prosecutor offices. And I say that, you know, people may not realize, but prosecutors are probably one of the most, most important positions know, in an office right now, because they have discretion to prosecute any crime, right? The police can arrest somebody, but it's ultimately up to the prosecutor to follow through and actually enforce the law. Right. So and if, if that no longer happens, then yes, there's going to be chaos. And, you know, what we're seeing around the country with the smash and grabs in San Francisco or, you know, San Francisco, basically that prosecutor's office has turned into the de facto criminal defense firm. Right. 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 And, uh, they don't have the backs of law enforcement. So it, this is what I mean when I tell people our cities have turned into Gotham City. Mm-hmm. And it's quite evident what we're looking at. And it's rising homeless population, the mental the mental illness that's uh, involved in so much drugs in the streets yep. as well. So it, it's it's really intentional. And George Soros started this back in 2015. And, you know, using every metric, he's been pretty successful. Yep. You know, I tell people, you know, although I do think the radical left, you know, a lot, some of them are smart, like George Soros and some of the higher-ups. But I keep telling people, most radical left, they're not scary people. Right. They don't even know what gender they are still. <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 just, it, just requires, it just requires somebody with a backbone to stand up to. I, and this is why you saw Joe Biden say the new unions try to gaslight the entire country and say they never support defunding the state. The most shocking statement to hear from the State of the Union, Joe Biden, stating that, which we knew. What, what did he say, Abe? Your, your phone cut out when you mentioned uh, what he said. What was it you were making the point that Joe Biden said? Joe Biden said that it was, that they never supported defunding the police. And oh, yeah, right, 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 right. Historical revisionism uh, before our very eyes, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's gaslighting us, and that's constantly what they've done to us, right? When they say 20, uh, 2020 was the safest, most free. But yeah. then they, the last four years, I'm like 2016, you know, being Russia colluded and interfered in our elections and that it was stolen. So this is what they do to us. And the American people are fed up with it. And this is why I do think this November, I mean, just look at the gas prices, look at the war in Ukraine, which is a tragedy. You know, talking about, you know, we, I look at what's happened. You know, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, which the media covered up so much stories prior to election. And this is a guy who was snorting cocaine off hookers, mm-hmm. and the media didn't report this. Right. And now look at Donald Trump's children. Yeah. Donald Trump's <laughs> law. Yeah. I was in Saudi Arabia at the time. Literally made peace in the Middle East with the Abraham Accords, yeah. right? right? And gets no credit for any of this. So when you're looking at what's going on, you know, the, the leftists, their policies are complete and abysmal failures by every single metric. And all it relies on is a bunch of you know, victims, supposed victims about whatever, you know, just social justice cause of the day. And it really just requires people like me with a backbone who are unafraid and relentless and fearless against the media and the pink haired wackos. 
Yeah, someone in possession of their soul and knows who they are and knows what they believe, knows what they will stand for, but also, importantly, just as importantly, knows what they won't stand for. That's you, Abe, and that's why I admire you so much, and I admire the kind of campaign you're running. Uh, I'll come back to some issues uh, on the attorneys on the attorney general front here in Arizona, but let me let me take advantage of your expertise, knowing the Middle East as well as you do, having been deployed there, having served there for some time. Uh, I was mentioning to a guest yesterday. Actually, it was another former prosecutor, uh, former federal prosecutor, Andy McCarthy. You may know him. Uh, works over at National Review, longtime friend of mine. And I was saying, you know, with this deal that we're making with Iran and using Russia to get us there when they don't want us there, that sort of thing, I, I was just saying to him, you know, it's an interesting thing that the administration feels it has to undo everything that took place from 2017 to 2021 because the Middle East between 2017 and 2021 was really far more Pacific, peaceful uh, than it had been in any four-year stretch I can remember in a long time. And now we're redirecting things and to the point where, you know, you say enough bad things about our allies, Joe Biden did. Don't be surprised when he doesn't take your phone call, right? <laughs> well, exactly. That's what, you know, everybody thought Donald Trump was going to be this foreign policy disaster. Right. And it turns right. out he was a foreign policy success, probably right. the best in the last 50 years. And, you know, Saudi Arabia, which I was deployed to, I was served over there. Uh, that was Donald Trump's first foreign policy visit as president. That's right. And he really, you know, solidified that relationship. And I'll tell you firsthand experience. I mean, Saudi Arabia is changing quite dramatically. I mean, they're getting rid of they're getting rid of Sharia law. They're, That's the interesting thing. Saudi Arabia liberalizing. They have a long way to go. Gosh, knows. I, I don't want to overstate it. But, yeah, they're going in the liberal direction as Iran is going into the more revanchist direction. Right. I mean, that's the interesting thing. So we want to go and deal with Iran. Right. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. Right. We, we just keep playing, you know, whack-a-mole right now. And, you know, when you have the United Arab Emirates and the Saudi Arabians not taking President Biden's phone call, it's embarrassing and it's not surprising uh, to see. And right now with Russia's, I mean, the, with Russia invading Ukraine, it's, it's really a tragedy that, you know, my family immigrated here from Syria way back in the day. I was born in Chicago, but they came from Syria. Uh, Ukraine looks like some Syrian cities right now. And what the, the, the tragic civil war over there happened. And, you know, Russia had battlefield successes in Syria, but it was a little different. They were working side by side with the Syrian military. And now Russia is not faring so well against, you know, Ukraine, which is shocking. I mean, right now, the conservative estimates are two to five thousand Russian uh, military personnel dead, which is quite a high number set. I mean, if you think about it, in our entire 20-year war in Afghanistan, you know, we had 3,000 of our service members killed. So imagine that many people in a two- or three-week period. And I think people forget, you know, when you're not fighting insurgents or whatever, war is happening. Right now, it's, Russia obviously has overplayed its hand, I think, and right now China's probably looking at Taiwan and yeah. maybe saying, mm-hmm. maybe that's not and I think it goes all the way back to Afghanistan, which, despite what Joe Biden says, was not, not an extraordinary success. Uh, let me uh, let me take the quick break here, Abe. And if you're if you have time, I'd love to come back and have you talk to us about issues having to do with uh, border security and maybe even a little bit Second Amendment as well. I'm Seth Liebson. He's Abe Hamaday's candidate running for attorney general. Abe for AG. Abe, A-B-E for F-O-R-A-G. Abe for A-G dot com. I'm Seth. He's Abe. We'll be right back.
Well, at one point, that guy was thinking of running for governor of Michigan, uh, and that would have been Cowbell. But we've got Cowbell here in Arizona. We've got Abraham Hamaday running for attorney general. Abe for AG.com is his website. <clears throat> A-B-E, short for Abraham for AG.com. Abe for AG.com. Abra- thanks for giving us uh, your thoughts on the Middle East. You being an expert at that, having um, you know spent a lot of time there on behalf of the U.S. military. Um, and uh, again, I'll remind the audience: just great news today that you got endorsed by uh, Rick Grinnell, one of the one of the greatest to come out of the Trump administration. Uh, he was our uh, director of national intelligence. Talk to us a little bit more about border security. I go to a lot of political events, not as many as you, obviously, but I go to a lot. And um, I think that more than anything is the first question I'm hearing most candidates asked about, you know, border security. We don't we don't maybe feel it as much in Phoenix as other parts of Arizona. And it's always funny when national figures interview me and say, you know, you guys are on the front lines. You know more about it than we do here in wherever they're interviewing me from. But in Phoenix, we do tend to be a little isolated from it. But talk to us about the border security issue, Abe, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. That's the number one issue on, I think, Arizona's mind. And, you know, although Phoenix is a little distant from the border, Mm -hmm. make no mistake, what goes on at the border not only affects all of Arizona, but the rest of the country. Oh, yeah. Just a few Mm -hmm. years ago, Mm -hmm. do you remember in Ahwatukee, a few years ago, there was a shootout between, you know, Homeland Security and the drug cartel Mm -hmm. right on right on the main street over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the border, what I want to do as attorney general regarding the border is open up. AG offices in Cochise County and Yuma County work with our local county attorneys down there. And we need to really update the human smuggling statute. So the human smuggling statute was gutted by Judge Bolton back when SB 1070 was struck down. Okay. And we have not updated the human smuggling statute. Uh, Texas just did this in October, just recently. But once we do that, we're able to go after a lot of the cartels who, are, who shifted away from the drugs to now smuggling in humans. And Make no mistake that the media makes it seem like these are poor migrants coming across. It's not true, Seth. I mean, there was 150 countries that came across the southern border last year. Including and from the Middle East, which is just odd as hell, unless you actually pay attention to the news and then it's not odd. But including from the Middle East, yeah. Well, yeah, in December, you know, Yuma Border Patrol actually apprehended a Saudi Arabian yep. Uh, with he had potential terrorist linkages with Yemen, yep, and that was just one who was apprehended. Right, and you know the rest of them for the migrants who are coming across or paying the cartels, they're paying ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars to make the trek and the voyage across the border. So these aren't poor economic migrants like the media makes it seem. Or they someone is paying them, or, or someone is paying that bill, right? Or someone is paying that bill, or they are auctioning <laughs> off their children as sex slaves. Yeah. Right. And the, and the human trafficking is a huge issue right now, too. Right. But th- this is what's going on. So it really requires the AG to be aggressive. And, you know, I've got my fair share of criticisms of you know Attorney General Mark Brnovich, but I do agree with him what he classified the southern border as an invasion, mm-hmm. invoking the Article 1, Section 10 clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the now that's up to the governors to actually do something more. I mean, for, to me, it was quite embarrassing when you had Governor Doug Ducey at the border in December. He was giving his press conference, and there was a National Guard soldier, and there were sheriff deputies right behind him, Seth. And in walking, two dozen illegal immigrants right behind him in front of the, in front of the cameras. Yeah. You know, what if these illegal immigrants had knives or guns on them? Obviously, you're going to interfere and protect the governor's life, right? But too often, we're not doing that to the communities down there right. who actually have to suffer right. through this invasion that's going on. So this is not a federal government issue. This is a community safety issue, and it's past time that states 
reclaim their sovereignty and protect our own borders. Good. Yeah, no, I have seen that. I have been to the border a number of times, and I have seen that evidenced with me now. I mean, obviously, I don't have troopers with me, and I don't have anyone protecting me, and don't, you know, it's I'm nobody. But I've seen it's That's what strikes me about when you go down to the border, especially at that Yuma sector, just how, how um, passive the whole process is. It's just these people just walk by. There's no running. When I, when I went a few years ago, they ran. Now they just kind of walk and they go right to the tent that the federal government has set up for them to, you know, do their do their little thing. And then they get released. And uh, it's just the word I have for it. It's I don't have a better word for it. It's just a banal process. We're just watching the banality of evil take place before our very eyes. And, yeah, you're darn right. If the federal government won't protect this country, then the state government should be protecting the state. And uh, I have no doubt that in your hands we will be well protected, Abe. Abeforag.com is his website. Abe Hamaday running for our attorney general with a great endorsement from Rick Grinnell today, former director of national intelligence under Donald Trump. Godspeed to you, Abe. Thanks for spending some time with us, and congrats on getting that endorsement. Well earned. Thank you, Seth. See you soon. You betcha. Have a great night. I'm Seth Leibson. Open line 602 508 602-5080-960 in the alternate cadence, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Um, New York Times, can I just read you a few excerpts? from a story they have out today talking about uh, COVID. Stark differences in how red and blue areas responded to COVID have created a kind of natural experiment. Did Omicron spread less in the parts of the United States where social distancing and masking were more common? Question mark. The answer is surprisingly unclear, they write, continuing to quote. Nationwide, the number of official COVID cases has recently been somewhat higher in heavily Democratic areas than Republican areas, according to the Times data. John Hinderocker then gives us the chart showing a few comparative states that evidence this. Here's the Times again. Remember, not only have Democratic voters been avoiding restaurants and wearing masks, they are also much more likely to be vaccinated and boosted, and vaccines substantially reduce the chances of infection. Is that true? Do they? Do we know that? Combined, these factors seem as if they should have caused large differences in case race, case rates. They have not. That's what the New York Times said. They have not. More. The first lesson is that COVID vaccines are remarkably effective at preventing severe illness. Here are the same four states from the above charts, this time with death rates instead of case rates. And they show you Georgia, Ohio, Washington and Texas. The New York Times does. And then they say the messiness of the charts has given way to an obvious pattern. COVID death has been far more common in the past in red America. Over the past three months, the death rate in counties that Donald Trump won in a landslide has been higher than in counties that Joe Biden won in a landslide, according to one health care analyst. But when you look at the charts and the case rate and the death rate over the last couple of months, it's simply not true. It's simply not true that the masks have made that kind of difference. Now, Steve Moore 
has uh, done uh, comparisons himself over uh, over at his uh, committee to unleash prosperity, and he likes to take um, California and Florida and compare them because California had one of the toughest mask uh, mandates, and Florida had, I think, it's fair to say, the least stringent. In fact, zero mask mandate. Guess what? No difference whatsoever in health outcomes. No difference whatsoever. None. In fact, in the blue states using his data, it shows that they did a little worse, a little bit worse on cases than the red states. Now, all of this leads to the question I keep asking, and Carol Markowitz over at the New York Post is picking up on, which is, is there going to be an accounting for all of this? And whatever happened to the prominence of that Johns Hopkins study? that showed we may have saved 1,800 lives nationally, nationally, through all of these efforts. 1,800 lives. 1,800 lives. I'll repeat it. 1,800 lives through all of this may have been saved, may have been saved. What happened to that study? I guess it just doesn't matter if the New York Times – they're far more interested in condemning Florida for not allowing kindergartners and first graders to learn about transgender issues than they are about what the strategies they proposed, excuse me, the strategies the CDC officials and the governors in a lot of states proposed that they supported that have cost so much, yes, death and destruction. Carol Markowitz writes, as COVID restrictions end around the country and Democratic politicians pretend that something about the science has changed instead of their poll numbers being in the dirt, Americans must first demand apologies. She says, I'll even go first. I spent much of 2020 and 2021 writing again and again, arguing for the opening of schools throughout the country. But in March 2020, I was urging schools to close. It made no sense to me that my husband had stopped going into the office because of the mysterious new virus. But my children continued to go to school. People were dying in large numbers in Italy, and I was afraid. I never imagined that two weeks to slow the spread would turn into two years and counting of pausing the lives of children to accommodate hypochondriac adults. I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Now you go, she writes. I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Now you go. By the way, yeah, why did hypochondriac, whatever happened to that word? Whatever happened to that word? You, leadership in school districts that closed for the entirety of the 2021 school year because the American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weigarten told you to, and you were too afraid to counter, whether school boards, mayors, or governors, those in charge who kept schools closed, have to be held accountable wasn't that the teachers' unions were that strong. It was that you were weak. It was a dereliction of your duty. Apologize. But, of course, you couldn't have done it without cover from our politicized health agencies. You, Rochelle Walensky at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, allowed Weingarten to craft absurd, unscientific policies that kept kids out of school. You let her block the schoolhouse doors because you were on the same political team and you depended The Democratic Party depends on the American Federation of Teachers. You broke the trust Americans had in their health agencies, and we will all suffer the repercussions of that for a long time. Apologize to the children children whose lives you've stunted and who may never recover from the educational loss, never mind mental and emotional health. Apologize to the kids who received speech therapy through masks because you refused to acknowledge that masking had been pointless in stopping the COVID-19 spread. You may have permanently damaged these children. Because you refused to admit you had been wrong for so long. Apologize. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci, you fell in love with your own image and could not stay off the TV even as it caused us all harm. In November 2021, you said that people were criticizing you were really, quote, really criticizing the science because I am the science. And that's dangerous, close quote. What's dangerous is if you really believe that, Carol writes. You frequently got wrong. You frequently got things wrong on TV or reversed your previous comments with no explanations. Science hasn't changed. You made political calculations to support the diktats of the Biden administration. It goes on and on and on. You know why, why Fauci should not have been making political decisions? You know why? He was not elected politically to any office in the land ever. Political decisions should be left to those who we elect. He was making those political decisions for us, and too many leaders were too afraid to criticize him or fire him. By the way, that's a bipartisan problem. Yeah, it is. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Yeah, that'll get you sitting up straight, won't it? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, and thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Let me close with a quote I used in my opening monologue. I just think it's so trenchant from 1984, George Orwell. He picked up the children's history book. Oh, by the way, think about what's going on in Florida and the attack on Florida in the schools as you think of this. He picked up the children's history book and looked at the portrait of Big Brother, which formed its frontispiece. The hypnotic eyes gazed into his own. It was as though some huge force were pressing down upon you, something that penetrated inside your skull, battering against your brain, frightening you out of your beliefs, persuading you almost to deny the evidence of your senses. In the end, the party, capital P, would announce that two and two made five, and you would have to believe it. It was inevitable that you should make that claim sooner or later. The logic of their position demanded it. Yes, everything you're seeing in our schools right now that surprises you and shocks you, may surprise you, but the logic demanded it. That was my point. That was my point. Not merely the validity of the experience, but the very existence of external reality was tacitly denied by the philosophy of the party. The heresy of heresies was common sense. Okay? Remember that. When you approach something with some common sense, maybe kindergartners don't need to know about transgenderism and maybe people in Kentucky don't need – children in Kentucky don't need to go to school to learn how – excuse me, don't need to go to summer camp to learn how to change their sexes and have sex, by the way, and with any gender they want and while using drugs. And then Orwell concludes, what was terrifying was not that they would kill you for thinking otherwise, but that they might be right. This is the important point. For after all, how do we know that two and two makes four, that the force of gravity works, so that the past is unchangeable? But the past and the external world exist only in the mind, and if the mind is itself controllable, what then? It's hard, hard to stand up for the heresy of heresies, common sense, when the entire culture, the elites of the culture, are telling you you're wrong. That's why it's important to call in, talk here. It's important to go to rallies and be involved in the processes. It's important to stand on the street corners It's important to push as hard against the age, as Flannery O'Connor said, as is pushing against you. Also make Orwell fiction again. I'm Seth Liebson. Until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.